searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch please. Three, two, one. Connecting with Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas in startups from across Canada. What's up, everybody? It's Mike. We're back here on the Pitch Please podcast. Today, I'm here with Peter Paul from Fun- Front Funder. Um, they're an equity crowdfunding platform giving everyday people like you and I access to help support startups and other growing businesses by providing them with funding in exchange for equity, I think. We're going to talk a lot more about it. But first, let's hand it over to Peter Paul to introduce himself and maybe start with a little bit of background on yourself and what your role is at Front Funder. Sure. Thanks, Mike. And it's it's a great uh, to be with you today and uh, talk about the exciting uh, and, and and evolving uh, uh, landscape of investment crowdfunding. So yeah, my name is Peter Paul van Hoeken. I'm the founder and CEO of FrontFunder. Uh, and FrontFunder is Canada's leading investment crowdfunding platform. And as as Mike, as you mentioned, uh, basically what we what it comes down to is that we enable uh, comp- companies, private companies, to raise capital from the wider investor community, emphasis on wider, so far beyond the traditional investors of angels, VCs, but really open it up for everyone. So that's what uh, what what uh, what Frontrunner is uh, is doing, and uh, and we've been uh, uh, we've been at it now for about uh, six, seven, seven years, and it's it's an exciting and evolving industry. Well, I'm, I'm excited to learn more about Front Funder, about the industry, where and how maybe I can get involved. Um, but let's learn a little bit about your background. You've got, obviously, I was just checking out your LinkedIn profile, a massively long list of tremendously rich experiences. Maybe talk to us about where, you know, your career journey or, you know, life journey started and some of the things leading up to where you are today with, with Front Funder. Great, yeah, yeah, and and it's it, that's been an interesting journey indeed. And uh, I, I started my career uh, actually in uh, uh, in in banking, in the banking industry. Uh, this was back uh, uh, back in in Europe, uh, mainly in the Netherlands, where I'm originally from, uh, and uh, as well as being based in uh, in London, UK for 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 a while. And um, so, yeah, work for for a large international bank, and always been sort of. Uh, in, interested, intrigued, and in, you know, banking and and finance, and so that uh, kept me busy, uh, you know, in that industry for about for about eight nine years. And the more I sort of more time I spend in the industry, the more I also start thinking, wow, is this is this where is this taking me? And is this uh, is this where I'm going to stay? Is this where I'm going to uh, retire? And I also kind of thought, you know, it's an it's it's a bit of a an interesting industry and and a tricky industry perhaps. And and also learned how it's you know, not necessarily uh, as as open and as accessible and easy to understand for the wider investor community. community. So, uh, so for the wider public, actually, and so so that uh, that together with with exploring, you know, a move from uh, uh, from Netherlands to to Canada, which happens in in, in the 2010 when I immigrate to Vancouver with with my family, was also a great opportunity to you know start a new, I would say, a new book actually, and uh, sort of leave the big. The big, uh, you know, banking industry behind me, but but still intrigued by by uh, finance and investing, and you know, thinking, you know, what what, uh, uh, what 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 can we change in this industry? And so uh, so when I started, when I landed in Vancouver, I, I really started 
all over again, if you like, and started working with small companies and you know helping them to get ready to to raise capital. And and that was a time where I uh, sort of discovered how challenging it is for companies to uh, to raise capital, but also how it's a very traditional industry uh, where where these startups go to a very select and relatively small group of investors like angels, VCs, and you know really a small group, uh, and also how how in this whole process of capital raising, technology is not really used at all. It's very archaic. It's very, uh, you know, investor pitches, events, and, and, and uh, you know, investor meetings. And why are, why are we not using technology like in other, any other industry and basically, you know, took advantage of that and went online? So, so that together with what, I, what, what was already happening in, uh, in, in countries like the UK, where invest, investment crowdfunding uh, actually started around 2010, uh, and we're so where, where it was well in its way, you know. I thought, hey, that's that's interesting. That is really intriguing to me. And uh, why? Because it's 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 about really opening it up and making making uh, investing available to the public, but then for the private markets, which traditionally the public had been locked out from. So, so that that really piqued my interest. And uh, and at that time, this was around 2014. So I spent a couple of years in Canada, got a sort of an understanding of the lay of the land. Uh, how it works here, how to also work with securities regulation, which is pretty complex in uh, in Canada. Uh, so, hey, this this actually can be done. This is exciting. This is about something new and 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 truly creating a market and opening it up to to the public. So that's where the front funder journey uh, started, and where of course uh, then you have to start putting the the piece of the puzzle together. But um, and you know start engaging with regulators and start sort of discussing the idea of creating a platform and opening that up which at that time so around 2015 really was was non-existent in north america i would say it was really in the early stages so so yeah so that's sort of a bit of a journey where i thought this is exciting this makes sense to me this is really this is a purpose where we you know enable startups to to tap a pool of capital that's traditionally they was you know uh, not accessible to them, and on the other side of the marketplace, to basically invite the public to invest in companies from the very beginning, as opposed to typically, you know, angels, VCs, and other typically already wealthy investors that have access to invest in the early days, and where we all know that companies do well, where there are significant returns, and then finally, when a, pub- a company goes public, then the public can participate, and we all know that the huge returns have already been realized before that. So yeah, that is basically where I thought, yeah, I'm going to get my teeth into this and, and this, this excites me. That's interesting. So your background was primarily banking. And so you understood the backgrounds of banking, but not even in Canada, which is interesting. And I want to get to that aspect of you becoming an entrepreneur in a new country. Um, but you know, you started this, this journey in banking. Um, in banking, did you a ever work with startups previously in any of your roles in Europe? Because it sounds like when you came here, you started working with companies to help them raise funding. But was that part of your roles at those banks also in Europe? And, and that's sort of where the the first bridge or conduit to this potential idea came to life. No, <laughs> okay. No. I was actually in banking. No, I was doing you know totally different uh, things within the banking. Uh, uh, you know, the bank I, I work for and actually, you know, and I was still working for the bank around the whole, you know, 2008 financial crisis, which was quite interesting, actually, to see from the inside of the bank also to see how, to be honest, dysfunctional 
the industries, in my opinion, you know, the the the, the banking industry, and and really some serious problems. So I, but I, I know I was actually dealing more with you know larger uh, uh, corporate uh, corporate clients. Uh, I was also involved with you know with um, with 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 larger you know project financing with securitization into CNF you know mortgage securitization one of the things that ultimately you know uh, brought the whole thing down in 2008 but this was more of a subprime in in the in in the in the US but you know so I was I was not I, I did all sort of different things uh, except really working with this small startup so so it's not necessarily that there was sort of an exposure there and I thought oh yeah that's more what I want to do it was clearly for me uh, like yeah it's 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 time to move away from or move on uh, move on from from really the large you know corporate banking world to sort of hands-on um, hands-on finance and investing with with startups that simply need money to you know grow to 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 Develop an idea and to grow their grow their business. So it was really in that respect and a, a new a new chapter, which obviously I got exposed to when I started working with companies in in Vancouver and and also uh, you know the the whole going into or you know financing investing from an entrepreneurial perspective myself was also something I got excited about. But that was definitely a new you know a new journey. Interesting. So it was kind of just this this next chapter, if you would, but. Now, had you ever thought you would be an entrepreneur or are there other people around you that have started startups that were influential in you even considering this? Like, it sounded like you were looking for that next chapter that was going to take you outside of the traditional banking world. But for, for most people, that isn't to become a founder or to, to start a startup. And so is there someone or something that might have influenced that? Or was it just frustration in this problem that you started to see once you were in Vancouver working with people to help raise capital? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, you know, I, it's interesting, you know, you, 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 you graduate and then you kind of, you know, I did my internships, as I said, I was at that time, you know, intrigued by banking and finance industry in general. Uh, and, and so, so you sort of, you know, I thought, well, that's, that's something I want to sort of get into. And, and, um, and, and 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 so I, you know, start engaging with 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 banks and looking opportunities in that in that, in that industry. Um, actually, before that, even before I graduated, I I did also. At, this was a university where, you know, besides study, you can obviously do all sorts of different things. And one of the things I did there was uh, founded with a few, few fellow students and a sort of a consultancy organization. This was in the in the University of Rotterdam in the Netherlands. That was basically. Uh, helping you know companies with uh, particular you know projects and what what this organization would do is was a foundation actually was you know then you know acquiring these projects and then hiring uh students from from campus to work on that who'd actually they would actually make may be paid make money make pretty good money actually and we did it more for the entrepreneurial side of it and it was based on the on the french uh, uh, model and and so we we established that foundation in in, in rotterdam and and so i guess that was uh, an exposure to actually building something from scratch like really you know get the yellow page and start calling companies say hey where are these guys at Rotterdam and you know you have a project for us and you know and I remember that first time with oh, actually you do have a project uh this was for the, the railways uh in in Europe to actually 
map out the railways and 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 uh, for a particular project on 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 that and and so it was all really a lot about data research but you know obviously at first success is just amazing so i guess that's sort of so oh that's building something from scratch and from an entrepreneur perspective, that's intriguing. So I guess I sort of shelved that, start working with the bank. And then I got sort of eager and said, hey, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I want to do something with that. So it's interesting of the combination of, I mean, I'm intrigued by sort of the banking and finance. Uh, I'd like to do it though in a different sort of capacity, more hands-on and, and for more entrepreneurial capacity. Uh, that's that's what I definitely think uh, sort of, uh, uh, you know, let me to further explore the opportunities here here in Canada, and also when you then sort of look for that, you say, hey, actually, there is a problem here, and I think we can we can find a solution for that. So, so yeah, it's it's really a combination of finance and banking. I like it, but can we do it in a different way, uh, combined with sort of an entrepreneurial eagerness that probably was sort of you know under the surface already. Well, there's one final step of this, which was you just moved to a new country. <laughs> how, how i mean that's probably not the most natural path right to move to a new country and start a startup like that that feels like a lot of variables that you're managing at the same time what were like maybe some of the most um beneficial aspects of doing it that way and i know you've already referenced a couple times like things you saw happening in europe that you didn't see once you came here to, to canada and north america so maybe there's elements there but then also like what was the hardest or most challenging part of you know being in a new country understanding new ways of how things work but also trying to build a startup within that ecosystem like talk to talk to us a little bit about that yeah, I mean, <laughs> looking back, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was definitely, uh, I had moments where I asked myself, like, you know, why do we, do I need to make it so difficult, right? Because you're combining a lot of different things at the same time. And, but there's also a flip side to that, I think, is that, is that, you know, the, the whole, and this sort of intrigued me as well, is that, is that, and that's why in, in general, Canada is an, is an immigration country where, where people, you know, start, build new futures and is 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 very interesting and and the fact that for me personally uh you know you pick yourself up out of sort of a comfort zone which i had back in the netherlands and you know in all respects like home you know move over with the family quit the job and and then start from scratch in canada and as mentioned uh, you know landed in in vancouver uh and so so the thing is you you sort of have to you know you, everything's new it really comes down to you know, just just go for it. Uh, you know, uh, build new contacts, uh, meet a lot of people, uh, different people. You learn a lot, and you learn the hard way as well. Uh, do, do you think you that? Know, cause, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Do you think that made it like easier in some regards? Like you were already turning a new chapter, and so things were all new. So you like it? It maybe seemed like you were already outside of your comfort zone because I think sometimes the jump to entrepreneurship is about stepping outside of your comfort zone. So if you were at home. In the Netherlands, you were in your comfort zone. Would you have started this versus maybe it was the situational element that why not? Everything's new. Why not dive in? Yeah, I think I think there's definitely an element of that. There's definitely an element because you know if you do it something from a comfort comfort zone, you say okay, well let's sort of explore. So maybe I keep my job and then I kind of explore a couple of things. But when am I going to really jump? And when am I going to jump with both feet? You know, you kind of still like you're in this. You know, you're you're, you're still in an in a in, you know in a situation that you're used to and and so if you sort of disrupt 
you disrupt that basically. I completely disrupted that because there was no reference anymore. I had nothing back to hold, hold on to. Uh, you know, it's really starting all over again. So I think that definitely actually helped in sort of the, the, the mindset and, and also the, let's say, it's the, the whole, you know, in general, just basically moving on from the situation and start something new is, is, is for my sort of personal development and is, is, an, is a really exciting opportunity. It's challenging stuff. For sure, but it's but but yeah, I think just really cutting cutting all the ties and and start all over again uh, is is where you basically you know you have to so you 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 know it unlocks a lot of energy to just to 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 go for it and and to be sort of perseverant and and uh, and, and certainly when I started with this idea and I or front funder and you, you have conversations with people and I kind of you know listening to you and then sort of smiling like <laughs> interesting good luck with that and. <laughs> You know, and uh, and and um, and someone actually told me once. So, well, you know, maybe because because you're basically, you know, doing something new, and and certainly because, and we will speak about it perhaps later, but you know, doing something new and particularly in funding and investing, which is obviously a regulate, regulated environment, you know, uh, where you have to sort of uh, push the boundaries and 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 you know, get literally get the regulators on side as well. Is that uh, maybe coming from maybe being new and not being sort of having the legacy of being sort of fully aware of how challenging it can be. And, uh, is, it may have been an advantage as well. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's true. Like sometimes you come in without historical bias, but also maybe you don't know what some challenges would be until you are all knee <laughs> deep in it and you have to deal right. with it. And so it may have, um, you know, caused you to second guess starting this in the first place. Well, let, let's talk about this. Um, I'm really excited to learn about Front Funder, but we're on a show called Pitch Please. So every single time before we dive into your business, we have to hear your best pitch, please. So Peter Paul, over to you. Let's hear your best pitch around Front Funder. Okay, Mike. Well, uh, everybody is familiar with the Dragon's Den, I'm sure, where you have these uh, these dragons sitting in their chairs and they get a stack of money uh, next to them on the table and then they hear all these pitches. And uh, and so what we're doing with front is basically turning anyone in the potential in a dragon, basically. And the good thing is you don't need to have a, a big stack of money. We basically make it accessible for everyone. So front funner is all about providing uh, uh, access and inclusion on both sides of the marketplace. So helping uh, startups, scale-ups, and later stage private companies to raise capital from the public. And the public really means anyone that looks at a company and say, hey, this I'm excited about this startup. They're resolving a problem. Or perhaps I'm already a customer of the company. And now I can invest for perhaps as little as $250 or even less. So that's what we're doing with FrontFunder. And we basically build that entire process of connecting companies with the, with the public online and enabling uh, the public to 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 invest and so we've been uh, uh, we launched our platform in 2015 we're now operating from coast to coast uh, we've done over uh, 150 successful capital uh, raising campaigns uh, we have a community of over 40,000 uh, uh, investors on the platform um, and um, uh, we typically help companies anywhere from raising around a half a million to it could be 10 million or 30 million really later stage companies as, as well. So uh, the bottom line is really uh, front funders purpose is to, uh, to democratize investing in startups to unlock a massive pool of capital for startups 
being from the public um, and uh, and on the other side to to provide the public access to investing in these companies from the very beginning. Traditionally, this was again privilege for angels, VCs, and a small group of investors. And we basically say, why is that? Why don't we basically open this up and enable anyone to invest from the very beginning in startups and grow with these companies? And obviously, you know, also uh, uh, receive significant uh, uh, re- returns um, on these startups. That's I love the concept, and I mean, you you won my heart at Dragons Den. It's why I started this show. I could watch it all day, every day. Now I'm not saying invest, and I'm not worried about the drama. But I love just talking to startups, and I focused obviously specifically on Canadian startups and the ecosystem here. But I love hearing people's stories of like what drove them, like what what is their background? Did they ever think they were going to become an entrepreneur, and what are they working on? Like, there's so many cool ideas out there. And to your point, it is interesting, this element of capital. Um, Because especially as you're probably learning um, in in Canada, there's a a far different funding ecosystem, which maybe we'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, There's a lot of support from the government in Canada, but rarely to get things out of research stage. There's not as much capital available to help people get into actual market, go-to-market funding, sales-oriented funding, take your project into um, you know something that's more feasible is not always there. And so there's like some gaps in the system. So maybe let's start there. Like you obviously helped in the fundraising element of companies before for a bit. What are the ways that companies that are, you know, from the earliest idea to to bigger companies in Canada and actually Sorry, maybe just before we go there, front funder, focus on Canadian startups, North American. Where's what's your scope? You said you're coast to coast in Canada, but is it mostly for Canadian startups today? Uh, that's correct. So, so we are focused on the Canadian market. So we're indeed coast to coast in Canada. Uh, the the capital raise. So the companies on front funder are predominantly Canadian companies. We can also have help of uh, uh, foreign companies that want to raise cap- capital in, in, in Canada. So on the other side of our marketplace, on the investor side, we're indeed pre- predominantly focused really on Canadian uh, Canadian investors. Uh, we have had uh, US companies, for example, that also have presence in Canada say, hey, we'd like to also open up our capital raise to our Canadian audience or perhaps customers, or perhaps they have plans to expand into Canada. We can help those 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 companies by basically listing their capital raise on front front and opening up for Canadian investors. But indeed, we are uh, uh, focused on, on the Canadian uh, the Canadian capital raising and, and investment. Uh, okay, so then maybe maybe let's start there. Like, what are the ways that companies go from like idea to mega, you know, publicly traded company, and what are the funding sources available to them today in the Canadian marketplace? Yeah, so you know, from a from a from a early stage, so from really in a, an idea stage, typically companies would, uh, well, you know, founders that may have some of their own capital that they uh, put in on top of all their, you know, sweat equity, which uh, is typically the case, of course, um, to go to family and friends, uh, you know, and it's really then on a, on a, obviously on a trust basis uh, to to raise capital and sort of in your closer network, uh, and then uh, and and then the next thing is you go to uh, to the to uh, angel investors, 
Um, and so that's sort of, sort of the early stages. So your own capital, family, friends, and perhaps you're, you're, you manage to get in a, a few angels in, in, in the early rounds. And as you progress, if you get sort of a, a start, uh, you know, validating your, your, uh, so your, your product market fit uh, and, 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 you know, continuing to, and perhaps already, you know, generating revenues, then of course you're looking for growth, growth capital. And again, you may have, uh, probably not you know, have more money yourself you, you put in then you're going to look for other alternatives uh, perhaps again in your 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 network um uh, more angels and then at that stage um you know uh, vcs may also come into 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 play uh, although many companies are still obviously too early for vcs really to to attract capital uh good to note though that certainly in canada there's also a significant um funding opportunities you know government grants um you know across the country which are, are really interesting and quite unique for for canada it's not something they have you know south of the border so so i would always encourage companies to also actively uh explore opportunities for funding uh from from government and grants etc it's all non-dilutive capital right so there's definitely something there and investors like to see that too if you go to investors say hey i've already got you know a grant secured and so if you invest in my company you, you're kind of leveraging the funds that are already raised through 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 grants that obviously makes it also interesting for um, for for investors, right? Because they see each investment dollar already perhaps matched with with government money. So, <clears throat> so those are really in the in the early stage of so pre-seed seed, uh, uh, the, the source of, of 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 capital. But if you look at the size of that pool, you know, if you look at the, what the, the, the NACO, which is the National Angel Capital Organization Network in Canada, and as well as the CVCA, which is uh, a VC and private equity, uh, if you look at the pool of capital that's going into sort of pre-seed seed, is relatively, it's small. You know, for, the, for, for a NACO, we're looking at an annual base around 250, 300 million uh, per year. And then if you look at the smaller deals for CVCA, another two three hundred so the the pool is around 500 million per per year for startups which is relatively really a small pool so so that is definitely uh let's say an an, an, an a constraint on the size of the traditional capital pool and that's one of the problems of course that we we address with uh with 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 front funder by you know adding an entire new pool of capital it's interesting so Across that spectrum, then, so there's there's obviously grants, there's angel investing, friends and family, venture capital, and eventually IPO. Um, where and now you said you know you help companies raise from half a million and and up. What's sort of the sweet spot? So if I'm a if I'm a startup listening, or I guess if I'm even a potential person that wants to invest, what's like the style of startup or company? That would be on on a front funder. Like, what as, aspect of the market do yeah. you focus on? Yeah. So, in 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 uh, in terms of industries, we're industry agnostic. Uh, so uh, so so any uh, you know company, any industry can really you know explore raising through investment crowdfunding, and and we're always uh, uh, keen to have a have a chat and see if we can can help. Um, in terms of the sweet spot, in terms of capital raising side, it's typically between half a million to Two million in that sort of raise, where, where companies are looking for, uh, for let's say for growth capital. So usually it's it's beyond an idea. It's not just pure an idea. Say so, okay, let's you know put a deck together and then see if we can raise some money. There are typically companies that have a bit uh, already a bit more to show and tell. 
so they already have sort of a you know a started generating you know revenues around the, the point of initial commercialization uh, so they and that's really important because then they also have uh, literally something to 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 talk about a story and they can also back it up with hey this is where we are now we already have x number of clients using our our, our product we're generating x revenues and now we want to further commercializing so now we're looking to raise capital so so there are companies that are uh are beyond sort of the idea stage and, and typically around around you know commercialization and 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 sort of advancing in the let's say the journey of product market fit if you like um so that's in terms of the size so half a million to two million but just to be clear we've done capital raises for much larger companies we're actually just now sign up a company that's doing a, a series c uh, where we're part of so uh, so obviously later stage right and then don't raise everything through front funder but then we're an additional source of of, of capital together with let's say a larger traditional traditional pools of capital in terms of the as mentioned in the industries we're industry agnostic but the in the, the companies that typically do well fit well on our platform are companies that are um you know, um, uh, B2C, uh, consumer products, uh, impact investing, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of uh, companies that have a products and service that's easier to understand for the wider audience uh, and, uh, and, 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 and therefore, you know, it's, 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 e- it's easier for, for, for investors to sort of uh, associate with it, get excited about it and, and, inv- and invest in it. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, it's typically uh, B2C. And I think that, that that is also related to the sort of the stage of the industry because the reality is that investment crowdfunding, so what we were doing with FrontFunder is certainly in Canada, it's still in its you know early stages, still in its in industry in its infancy. And then, you know, as the industry grows and the investors get more, more familiar and the, the whole you know, retail investors get more and more familiar with investing in private markets. You know, obviously, then they will also look at all sorts of different uh, companies uh, and different different industries. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, so it's typically B two C and companies that uh, are on their way to sort of you know grow the business and looking for growth capital. Interesting. So, I guess that's sort of, if I were to put it, it's sort of the seed, pre seed, something a little bit same timing or a little bit after where you would normally go to an angel investor, but it's beyond the friends and family because generally friends and family yeah. are you're, you're pre-product market fit. You're still trying to build something to get revenue. So you're a little bit past there. Yeah. Um, and, and just it, to add to that, Mike, yeah. And just to add to that, Mike, is that, is that for a company, you know, this is, this is a, a great opportunity. You know, think about companies that you know have a consumer product that already have a you know a customer base or or community that's following them. You know, um, why not engage those people? They're already familiar with your product and they like what you're doing, and now they can be part of your journey as a startup. And in fact, they can also share any potential upside, right? So for for companies raising through investment crowdfunding is not just about raising capital, but it's also a great opportunity to create awareness and to uh, around your, your company, your products and services. And, and, and so it's just a sort of combined marketing funding effort. Got it. It's, it's interesting, um, interesting concept. So, and you said today, most are like a B to C because people can grasp it, but there is possibly now or in the future, it doesn't, nothing preventing it from B to B type companies um, coming on here. I'm also just taking a quick, Absolutely. quick look simultaneously. A lot of them are like products or services, not so much like software as an example. Um, is that just because of similar things that you said, which is today, it's just people can understand it and grasp it. 
and it's a little bit easier or are you avoiding software in, in your perceivable future? No, it's exactly that first point you raised. So we're not, not uh, you know, uh, avoiding any in the industries or whatsoever. But, but for example, you know, uh, software as a service, uh, it could be really great companies to invest in. It, it may, uh, and we have we have examples of that. We've done companies certainly in the, in the past, but it may be more, you know, more 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 uh, challenging to 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 appeal to the wider investor community. We actually with those companies already always sit down and said, okay, so so what what are the particular what's the target group that is likely to you know, understand this, uh, get excited about it, and then we can have a really targeted uh, plan, right? So so we have had uh, companies with uh, uh, you know uh, apps that uh, uh, or software that helps uh, you know in the, in the medical industry, and you know uh, where obviously uh, professionals in the medical industry will recognize that they understand completely the product as being the, the problem is being addressed, right? So so there's opportunities for that. You just need to really think think through and look at what is that what is that target group that is likely to want to have a look at this opportunity. Makes sense. Now are there competitors in this space? Like I, I'm gonna say their names, hopefully you're okay with it. But like as you're talking through this, I'd love to understand, and I'm sure it is, but where it's different than like a GoFundMe or or things of that nature. Are there competitors to you, or are these similar but you are different? And 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 why? And help me understand that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So so go go fund me. Uh, and for example, Kickstarter and you go there. Great examples of of uh, let's say uh, traditional crowdfunding. So so typically it's about you know backing an idea, uh, and uh, uh, and and or pre-purchasing a product. Um, and so sometimes they're donation based or or rewards based. Um, so <clears throat> excuse me, they're they're not they're you're not investing in in in, in companies. Uh, you're supporting a, a company or a project or a cause, right? Uh, and that is a fundamental difference with with investment crowdfunding or equity crowdfunding, where you actually in, invest in the company, right? So you're so it's 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 an investment. Therefore, it's also all regulated. Investment crowdfunding fully regulated. Uh, so so one way or the other, uh, investors or, or you know participants invest in investment crowdfunding always get get an interest, a financial interest in the company with a with a certain you know um, uh, up upside. Um, um, potential upside in the future. So that's the that's the key difference with sort of uh, the traditional uh, crowdfunding. Uh, and then in terms of competition, there are there are other, uh, 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 platforms in the in the industry. You know, it's it's still an industry in its in its let's say infancy. Certainly in uh, in Canada and and you know competitors other platforms is also a good sign. It means that you onto something. Um, but it's it's good to emphasize again the fundamental difference between the sort of traditional crowdfunding versus uh, investment crowdfunding, which is really about, uh, you know, retail investors investing in private companies, just as retail investors, of course, took an, took took a, uh, you know, a huge jump in the public markets, you know, through online platforms like, you know, uh, Robinhood, uh, Wellsimple in Canada, uh, you know, and basically what we're doing with FrontFund are saying, okay, those so, the same retail investors can also actually invest in in, in private companies. So yeah, the investment and the, and the securities aspect of it is a, is a very significant part of, of the industry we're in. Got it. So instead of like the, I'm buying some of your earliest version of, uh, I'm putting up money to buy the first version of your product, or I just want to, you know, support that idea, especially at idea stage in this regard, you're, you're buying stock. 
You're you're buying yeah. stock in a company that is not yet privately traded with fractional amounts. Now, maybe let's talk through how that works. Um, so let, let's take both personas. Let's start first with the investor. If if I'm an individual, um, I, I guess could could companies also invest? Who who can invest and in, and how do they invest? Actually, would be the the question that I'd love to understand. Yeah, yeah. So from the from the investor side of our marketplace, um, uh, basically, uh, it's everybody can be an investor. So whether you are uh, a young professional, you, you know, you you're you're excited about a company that you want to. Uh, want to invest in, be part of, and you want to invest uh, uh, perhaps two hundred dollars or five hundred dollars. We're there for those those in, uh, those, those investors. Um, there are larger investors that uh, that uh, perhaps are you know experienced with investing in private uh, in private companies and make larger uh, invest investments. Uh, they're also welcome on our platform. It's really about democratizing, um, you know, the investor uh, uh, investing in private companies for uh, for for the wider investor community. Really, so they're all retail investors, smaller investors, larger investors. But to your point, there are also you know companies uh, that uh, that look at uh, opportunities on our platform, and and we're very interested in that because the you know opportunities to basically you know with investment crowdfunding with fund funder is not sort of display placing traditional capital, it's actually adding more capital to the table, right? Am I a strong believer in how those those different sources of capital can go hand in hand, right? And ex actually expand the, 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 the capital pool. So, so from the investor side, it's really, uh, you know, the emphasis is retail investors, just to give you an idea about 75% of investors on our on our platform are, are so-called non-accredited investors, so really smaller retail retail investors, uh, and then 25% is are, are accredited investors, which is typically investors with certain meet certain income or, or financial assets thresholds, um, and uh, and which may also include angel investors, right, or or, or high net worth individuals, or you know really uh, uh, a larger investors. So we see a mix of of all sorts of investors. On, on our platform and and the exciting thing mike is that you know if you're a retail investor and you can invest in for as little as a couple of hundred dollars in companies you you can actually create a portfolio in in startups uh for perhaps you know five thousand or ten thousand dollars and you can you can invest in 10 or 20 companies that's cool Super cool. So you could do it obviously as a retail investor, individual with a couple hundred dollars. You could also do it if you were an angel and you wanted to do some through this platform as well. Or if you had a company and you wanted to invest on behalf of that company or small business and you wanted to invest in some interesting startups, you could do that too. Um, yeah. Now, and I guess it ranges, you're saying as little as $250. I guess it ranges depending on who's raising and how much they're raising. There's probably a minimum, but it could go as low as $250. Yeah, totally. It's 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 typically up to the company, so the capital raises on where they you know where they want to set that minimum investment uh, on our platform. Obviously, because you know we're all about you know making it accessible to the wider investment uh, investor community, including the smaller investors. So so typically the minimums are around two hundred fifty, five hundred dollars. Sometimes they set it at thousand dollars or higher. Uh, but you see, you know, inv investment range is indeed anywhere from two hundred fifty dollars to invest investors that invest, you know, hundred thousand dollars or or more through the platform. So it's really a, a right wanes and, and it sort of demonstrates the inclusive inclusivity that we're pursuing, right? That's cool. Um, now talk to me if I'm a, a startup or 
yeah, you're still a startup at this stage. So if I'm a startup looking to raise some capital, I've got product market fit. It sounds like I also should have some revenue and regularly paying customers to be able to to break in here. Um, but maybe maybe I'm assuming. So who, if, as a startup, who should um, get started with Front Funder? Um, we've kind of talked about the the raising ranges, but like, what are some of the other criteria, and and how does that process work? Yeah. Yeah, so indeed. So we talked about sort of the range range criteria in terms of uh, of the capital looking for. So 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 again, typically, you know, anywhere starting from half a million uh, to up to five or ten million. That's that's uh, you know in that that in that range. Um, in terms of uh, you know companies that are uh, as you mentioned that have you know have have traction. That's really important because then they can, you know, uh, then they can talk about it and pitch that to 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 the wider investor community. And what is really important, companies that are uh, are 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 recognized uh, and are, and are interested in raising from the wider community. So uh, if you're purely looking for capital and um, and you're thinking, you know, I you know I go to some angels or pitch with VCs and maybe list on front on the two, you know. Who knows? Maybe it works, and maybe they give me a call when the money is in. That's not going to be a good fit. Uh, so because uh, it's really uh, you know capital raise, you really have to uh, you know jump in with both feet and recognize that you are we're front funder provides a stage uh, for you to go out there and broadcast your investment opportunity to the public, right? And to broadcast obviously to our own community, to the front funder community as well. But it's really important that companies. Uh, understand that that it's that is actually you're really going on stage. You're running a campaign from from preparation to the final day of the race, and that's a lot of work. And and you so you need to sort of uh, feel excited about that and appreciate the value of hey, if I go to my own customers now with with the opportunity to invest in my company, and I'm gonna attract a whole new group of investors. Um, um, you know, I'm excited about that as a startup. Uh, that that creates awareness, and and you know, and those people will will you you basically raising through front funder. You you're not only getting investors, but you're also getting brand champions, right? People so, and people have literally a vested interest <laughs> to share. Say, hey, I you know I invested in this company and check it out, and I'm already a customer and I invested too, and you know, so so that is really important that companies understand that they're not outsourcing funding to. To their funding to front funder, uh, but that they basically, uh, uh, you know, that we work in partnership uh, to to really reach out to the wider wider investor community. That is really uh, really important, and that's why when we engage with companies, uh, we always ask about you know what what are your obviously what are your funding goals? What is your what is your community like? Do you have a community that we start start leverage? Because what is really an important success driver for a campaign is is that once you go, once you launch your campaign on FrontFunder, that you can always show traction. That's why typically when companies launch on a platform, they already have traction in terms of, um, you know, funding, uh, uh, you know, uh, funding their, uh, getting to their funding targets with around 20, 20%, right? So they already show sort of, okay, we're on our way, we're already getting investors jumped in and now we're gonna bring more investors in. Those are really uh, important factors for a company to consider exploring, you know, investment crowdfunding as a as a source of raising capital. Got it. And so there is a bit of an intake process. I submit 
saying I'm yeah. willing and interested to raise the front funder, but there's a bit of an intake process on your side where you sit down with them, you understand their motivations, their desires, their goals here to see if it's going to be the right fit before it gets listed on the platform. Absolutely. And that intake is, is sort of uh, uh, two, twofold. So indeed, intake at the beginning, we kind of do a pre-screen pre and, you know, is there a fit for raising on, on front funder? There's no point to proceed if we, if we you know, from both sides are not sort of believe there's a good fit because it's just a waste of effort, right? And then, and then and it's too important to waste time and companies need to raise capital to build, build their business. So, so, so it's really important to, to pre-screen and, 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 and determine whether there's a fit. And then secondly, what's important to note, uh, Mike, is that we're basically front funder is a it's a curated marketplace. So it's it's not that we just list uh, any company. Uh, also, when we see there is a fit, but we also perform due diligence on these companies, mm. right? So because on the investor side, if you invest, let's say, five hundred dollars in a company, you're not gonna uh, go through a whole data room and you know check everything out. So basically, what we do with front funder is not providing an investment advice or recommendation. We're not even allowed to do that. But what we do is basically we want to we want to mitigate the you know the risk that investors shouldn't be exposed to. So we do check like oh is the companies all the paperwork in order are they properly incorporated? Uh, you know what are their plans with the capital they're 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 raising? Does it all make sense? You know we do background checks on 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 on, on founders and other you know principals involved in companies. So so that screening element is is really important, uh, and we complete that before we bring companies on the platform. That's good to know. It's an extra peace of mind for those investing that some, like to your point, for $250 or $500, I'm not going to spend hours checking out the background of everything on this company. So in some regard, if they're listed on the platform, Front Funder has done some of that on your behalf. It's not financial advice that, hey, this is going to be the next unicorn, but you've right. made sure that the things are in order to make sure that your investment is is safe um, in something that's yeah. not a scam. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's no, not a scam exactly. And then, as I said, I you know I choose my words carefully here is that we're basically uh, you know mitigate that risk, right? We can never eliminate. We yeah. can certainly not say say uh, this is a safe investment. In fact, the reality is you're investing in in startups, and and startups carry obviously more risk, like where they're, they're, they may not even be around, you know, have reached a point of product market fit and all that so we 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 take that's really serious in yeah. terms of you know providing investors uh you know proper information so they can make an informed investment decision including you know saying look these are these are early stage investments these are these, these are risky investments and the more reason uh, for for you to 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 offer opportunities to diversify right so if you're excited about a company that's fantastic but you know should you put uh, really let's say you got five thousand dollars that you're looking to invest in private companies you know maybe you should invest a, a proportion of that in this company and look for other opportunities in startups to diversify it so that's really important yeah makes sense um so obvious question where how does front funder make money <laughs> yes yeah so uh, so uh, how front funder makes money so basically we uh we charge um uh, capital raisers on the on the platform. So capital raisers uh, pay us basically an upfront due diligence listing fee. So so um, and it's anywhere between typically about five thousand to ten thousand dollars. It depends on the on the let's say the structure of the capital raise. And so uh, we take the company through a due diligence, and you work with with our campaign management team to prepare your your campaign, and 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 so that's uh, that's sort of the, the the those are the upfront costs. And then the, the the second one is is the we basically take a percentage of the uh, of the funds raised through our 
through our platform, which is typically in the range of um, six to eight eight percent uh, on the on the capital capital raises. So those, those are the issuers, uh, capital raises, and on the investor side, investors um, investors pay a a one point five percent fee f- through investments through through the platform, which is capped of of a hundred dollars. Cool. I I like it. So there's there's a piece of what I like also about the business model, and this is something I get super interested in, is you've got something up front to help secure the energy in, in the listing. You've got a um, variable-based amount on the value of the total raise, but it's a fair amount. Uh, definitely much fairer than like a, a seat geek that takes like 15% from all sides. Um, and then the investor has a small fee, but obviously they're investing smaller amounts of money and you don't want to disincentivize them from investing in this space by them losing 5, 10, 20 points off the top. So you've obviously made that um, super nominal uh, to, to get into this space. So super cool. Now, um, what, uh, what's been sort of like your favorite part about this, this journey? You've been building a new company in Canada, helping empower other startups. Is there like a memorable moment or something that really stands out for you since your, your start of this in 2015? <laughs> yeah, and there have been, you know, several, uh, you know, uh, memorable moments, um, uh, you know, along along this journey, and and you know, um, uh, yeah, an example of of a, of a moment uh, that's really ex- exciting because it's sort of the validation of of of, of you know what we're, you know, of our purpose with Frontfunder is uh, is um, a company that. Um, uh, actually, uh, uh, and, uh, uh, it's a ski resort in BC. It's called Red Mountain, and they raised uh, they raised on Frontfunder. And this is an example of a company that raised on Frontfunder for Canadian investors, but they also listed on a US platform to raise from US investors because it's close to the border. So they also have a lot of um, US visitors, and and so basically they offer an opportunity to sort of own a piece of the mountain, right? So uh, so really the opportunity to invest in a in a in a, in a relatively smaller ski uh, ski resort. Um, and I remember uh, participating myself as well in that in that race, so as an investor uh, through Frontfunder, <laughs> and uh, and I remember going there with. Uh, with uh, two two red mountain with with my uh, with my family and and uh, the cool thing is with with the raises and I didn't uh, mention it yet but we can be quite creative in terms of you can invest in company and you can attach perks so mm. if you invest in a certain you know um, beverage company you can say okay invest five hundred dollars and you get a box of the you know the drinks and you know and you invest uh, two thousand and you get sort of an annual subscription or something like that they did a similar thing with red, red, red mountain you invest a certain amount and you get you know ski tickets or you get a season pass or you can even get design skis actually is the, the i received a pair of, of, of design skis with a red mountain logo on it and all that so i was there with my family and I was in the uh, in the ski lift, and uh, my my family was there in the, the the church in front of me, and I was having a chat with this uh, this gentleman in uh, in in ski lift, and he started talking. He said he asked me like, "Hey, have you ever been before?" I said, "No, it's the first time." And and then he continued. He said, "Well, it's pretty cool." He said, "You know, they're um, so Red Mountain's now raising capital, and they're actually raising on on the platform." And and he was really well informed. Yeah, it's a good front funder, and so you can invest in 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 you know a company in the Red Mountain through this platform. And I thought well, that's interesting. And of course, uh, you know, I want to learn more about his experience, right? So so he was explaining how how that product, how the, uh, the the process works, and how you sign up, and you have to ask a couple of questions because you know again we 
you know, there's a certain know your client kind of a, a onboarding process. So he was explaining that and then how he completed his investment. He said, yeah, it's pretty intuitive. It's all very straightforward. And so, and then at the end of the, of the ride, I said, well, actually, you know, it's really interesting to hear that because, you know, I, I know uh, Front Funder very well. And, uh, and it was sort of funny to hear not only his experience, but, but just really an experience from a user, right? And, yeah, and his and, willingness uh, to share it. Yeah, totally, totally. And of course, he, you know, I, I, I didn't let the, the, the rabbit out of the head yet by saying, oh, yeah, no, I know that it's actually my company. And, but that's, that, that's just huge validation for, for, for what, for what we're doing. And, and people get excited about the fact that they can, that they have that opportunity, right? So, yeah, that's one, it's one example. Another example is, you know, a company that, um, that actually raised on front funder, uh, and, um, and and then fairly soon after, within three years, went public, and so which was a great success story. And so, where investors had a, you know, a significant return on their on their investments. Again, three years is really soon. Typically, it easily takes five years or you know or longer. Um, but but yeah, that, that was the first milestone of of look. I was able to invest in a company early stage for as little as you know five hundred dollars. I think their minimum was even hundred dollars, and now I've got a you know. 30, 30, 40 times returns. So yeah, those are exciting stories that sort of val- huge validation and testimonials for, for what we're doing. That's that's super cool. Now, these are the good stories. Obviously, there's been probably bumpy at, at the safest word parts along this journey. I especially imagine around the regulation of this space, but what sort of has been the most challenging um, element of, of getting this going? Yeah. Uh, so the regulation for sure, and uh, let's not get into that uh, too too deep. But but you know it's also it's part of if you do something new and you do it in an environment that is regulated, and I'm not against that. I think this this industry needs regulation, whether we like it or or not. Um, um, so so it's kind of what I signed up from from the beginning, right? Like you want to do this, this is innovative. You're going to spend significant time to talk to regulators and get their comfort of what we're doing here. So yeah, so that was a uh, that that took quite some time before we could even lo- launch the platform, and it still does. Even today, we're 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 working on something new. Where again, we have to you know work with regulators, and that that can that can take uh, take time. And also, you know, in Canada, we don't have one regulator, uh, federal regulator. We have you know uh, thirteen. Uh, regulators, so it's it's a each province has their has their own regulator. So that's definitely a, um, a challenging and sort of ongoing. But we also make great progress. We have harmonized investment crowdfunding rules in, in Canada from coast to coast, and you know, so it is opening up and and great progress made. But that's that's been a lot of work. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, what is challenging and and stay, when you we're not you know I've been. Just building a new company with FrontFunder, but you're also basically building a new market, right? So the whole advocacy and education around this is has been a lot of work, right? So it's not like okay, uh, you know, here's 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 FrontFunder and here's what we do, but you have to really sort of take a take a step back and 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 explain what investment crowdfunding is, both to companies, how does it work, and to investors, like yes, you can actually invest in these companies from the very beginning, and no, you don't need to be an angel investor, and you know, so the whole aspect of 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 advocating this industry in general certainly if 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 and, and I've been, you know we've been pioneering this from the very beginning that's been a lot of work yeah for I sure can, yeah. i can imagine sounds like a lot of uphill battles but it sounds like you guys are doing amazing i mean 2015 we're now just on the cusp of 2024 
So you're just cusping on about nine years. That's amazing time in the life cycle of a startup in Canada, obviously. Um, you've got a number of great listings that I was just kind of cruising as we were talking through this and I was looking at them before the show. Amazing platform. And, and it's truly helping Canadian companies continue to grow and, and expand their reach. And I love the today is consumer focused, but I, I you know can't wait to see all the other categories that this evolves into and, and makes it more widely available for Canadians to help um, grow these, these startups. Now, um, if people are looking to find out more uh, or want to help, is there any help that Front Founder is Front Founders is looking for right now? Um, or if not, where can people go if they're a startup or an individual investor to to get started? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, for I would say to all all companies and whether you're an early stage company looking for pre-seed capital or you're a company well on its way and looking at a you know at a at a at a, a larger round of uh, financing um and like to explore you know alternative routes which which certainly today in today's funding environment is is more you know relevant and important than ever i would say absolutely reach out to us go to our our website frontfunder.com and you can you know find info there to uh to get in touch with with us uh so for 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 companies always uh keen to have a chat and, and see if we can help see if there's a, a fit and of course for investors for the public anyone basically who's who's you know excited about this and interested in exploring uh, investing in in startups, uh, I would say you know uh, start a journey and 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 you know inform yourself about about uh, this opportunity. Uh, there's lots of information frontfunder.com for for investors as well uh, to to sort of get familiar with with how this works and yeah s- sign up on the platform and get our newsletter and explore op- opportunities. That's super cool and just for and we'll link it in the in the show notes and description. But obviously Front Funder is F R O N T. F-U-N-D-R.com. Just make sure you, you remove the last E in front funder. Um, but amazing platform doing a lot of great work. Uh, thank you for sharing you know, your story, Peter Paul, today. Thank you for sharing the story of the work that you're doing. It's a super cool story of you know your, your risk taking from coming to Canada to starting a business to growing that business to something very successful over the last nine years is, is very inspirational, especially for someone that never really even knew they were going to be an entrepreneur, just had a spark <laughs> back in the day. Any, any closing words on, on your side today? No, Mike, I want to thank you for this opportunity. It was great, uh, great you know, chatting with you about this, this exciting space of, of investment crowdfunding and opening it up to the, to the public and, you know, provide, providing a new pool of capital for, for, for entrepreneurs. And, and uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would say, as, as, as mentioned, for, for, for companies, investors, uh, have, a, have a look at this. Uh, this is where it's going. We see that in other uh, geographies where it's already really mainstream, where retail investors are fully, you know, uh, vested and participating in the private market. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I look forward as we continue our journey. Thanks I, for having me. I, I can't wait. I'm sure I'm going to start checking some out and I'm sure I'll drop a couple investments in there myself to be a part of the, a part of the journey. Thanks again for joining today, Peter Paul. Thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully you go check it out. I think this is super interesting. If you like listening to Pitch Please, it means you are listening to either understanding how the Canadian ecosystem is going, how these startups are doing. So you're either a startup that might need this or someone interested in this space that may want to jump in. So check them out and we will catch you all on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. 
You've been listening to the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch Please. Pitch Please. <laughs> Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca. And make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform. 